Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Good morning and uh, thank you again for giving me the privilege of coming and speaking with you. Um, I, I really, really appreciate it. One of the things that... Um, I want to say thank you to Dave and to Kerry for is allowing me the opportunity to come and speak to you has done a real restoration in my confidence. It's really built me back up because those of you who were here the first time I spoke, you would know the story where I was really at a low point. And just being able to come and to use the gifts that God has, I think God has given me has restored that confidence. And I truly want to say thank you to Dave and to Kerry and to the leadership of this church and to all of you for putting up with me. For those of you who don't know me, my name is John Paul and I was previously the senior minister at Kingsford Church of Christ in Sydney for, for quite a while and then I moved down to Wollongong to take on a church down there for a year and then that ended. Known Dave for, for quite a while, how long now? Five, four or five years? Yeah. And um, it's been great. And some of the things I'm going to share today, I think, may even come from Dave. So you might recognise them. And if you do, it's okay, because I've already just given that acknowledgement, so it's no longer plagiarism, yeah? I want you to remember one thing today. And if it's one thing that you take away from here and that you go home and that you talk about with your family or your friends during the week or whatever, I want you to remember just this one thing, and that is that confidence positions us for victory. Okay, just remember that line. Confidence positions us for victory. Because if you can remember that one line, all the rest will come. All right? I got a full-time job recently. And yeah, that's good. Did I tell you that last time I was here? No, because I didn't have it. But it's not a job I'm very confident in doing. I got a full-time job in aged care chaplaincy. And you might think, but John, you're a pastor. You should be able to do chaplaincy easy. It should be good. But pastoral care was never one of my strong gifts. Um, more apostolic out there. I love coming up with vision and I love getting people on board and encouraging people and equipping them and training them. And pastoral care was always like, uh, I don't know. And so God's taken me from a very busy lifestyle, slowed me right down and said, John, I want you just to do that. Pastoral care. That's, what, that's all I want you to do. And I don't even want you to do it with the people that you think I've called you to, which is young people and raising up the next generation. I'm going to take you into aged care, into nursing homes. And not just that, I want you to specialise in dementia care. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do that. I needed a job, got a family, got bills to pay. And I thought... At the beginning, I thought, okay, God, while I'm waiting for you to give me a new church, while I'm waiting, I'll do this. And then I fell in love with the people. And God brought people into my life in those places that when I heard their stories, our hearts connected. 
when I saw the challenges that they were facing, hearts connected. And when I saw the desperate need of those people in the dementia care, my heart broke. And I said, okay, God, while I'm waiting, I'm not waiting because heaven lives in me. And wherever I am, you are. That's called a ministry of presence. You know, the spirit lives in us. So wherever we go, he goes. But I had no confidence at all. I go in there, I knock on the doors and I think, what's going to happen? I've no idea how this conversation is going to go because my job basically is to go in to have conversations with people. No confidence whatsoever. One of the very first people that I spoke to, he was a, a, a lovely old Christian man. He said, John, I'll give you a word of advice. The people here don't need any more sermons. They just need to be encouraged. And I thought, great. I don't know how to do that either. <laughs> but then I met another man, another good, strong Christian man, and he said to me, John, I came into this place. I thought I was coming here to die. But now I realize I'm coming here to meet Jesus face to face. And just that change of perspective. And so I'd go home and I'd pray, God, how do I do this job? How do I do it? How do I get, how am I going to bring you into this and, and, and glorify you through this? When I'm, I don't have, every time I walk through the front door, my confidence levels go, And he just reminded me of something. He reminded me of a passage in Isaiah chapter 43. And it's not on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you. See, this is a passage that God has spoken to me through before. But it says this, it says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Sheba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honoured and I love you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. So when we're not confident, what's there in its place? When we lack confidence, we have fear. And God says, don't be afraid, because I am with you. Later on in that same passage, um, Isaiah 43 he says this, he says, um, I'm the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt and all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candlewick. He says, but forget all of that. That's nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I am about to do something new. He says, see, I've already begun. Don't you see it? Don't you see it? Let's pray. 
Lord, we just want to begin today by saying that we love you. Thanking you for your goodness. And thanking you for the privilege that we have to come and to sing these songs at the top of our voice. Without fear, without persecution. And we think of all those around the world that don't have that same privilege. And Lord, we ask that you would never, ever let us take it for granted. And I pray that as we hear your word today, you would open our ears, that we could hear you, that you would open our eyes, that we could see you more clearly, and that you would soften our hearts so that we can leave this place having been transformed and changed by you, by an encounter and an experience with you here today. And I pray, Lord, that as I speak, there's more of you and less of me in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever had a situation like that in your life where you've just had no confidence at all, where maybe, maybe you're in that position right now. Maybe there's something in your life now where you just wish you had more confidence, that having that just little bit extra confidence would make all the difference. I know if I had more confidence going into, the, into my work, I could have such, such bigger impact in their lives. But you know, I think the message that God's got for us today is a message of breakthrough. It's a message where God's going to break through that lack of confidence. He's going to break through that fear and he's going to bring you to a place of transformation. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about confidence and we're going to read a story today from 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. This is the story of Jonathan and his armour bearer and it's one of confidence and it's one where we're going to see that Jonathan and his armour bearer position themselves for victory. So their confidence positions them for victory. Let's read that. It's verse 1, sorry, 1 Samuel chapter 14, 1 to 13. One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armour bearer, Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitab, son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. Context. The Israelite army are on the run. The Philistines have them outnumbered. They have them outmanned. They have them out. out their technology is greater. They've got swords, they've got metal weapons. The Israelites only have stones and wood. They're on the run. Saul is on the run. The Philistines have a front line that runs for about 30 kilometres and they're pressing in on Saul and his men. They're so confident, are the, are the Philistines, that they're sending out raiding parties or outposts to go and to, to destroy the little pockets of the Israelites that are, that are left behind. And this is one of those outposts, probably about 20 to 30 men in this outpost that Jonathan one day says, hey, young armour bearer, young youth, probably about 15, 16 years old, he says, come with me, we're going to go up and we're going to take that outpost. And what was Saul doing at this time? Sitting on the outskirts of Gibeah underneath a pomegranate tree. You know, they're not very big, are they? Pomegranate trees. So the only shade in the place was for Saul. And Saul was sitting there in comfort. He was surrounded by all his important people. 
by his priests, by his soldiers, by his commanders. And I imagine, doesn't say this, but I imagine they're all sitting there telling Saul how good he is. And Saul loves it. But there's something in Jonathan where that doesn't sit well. Jonathan, probably tossing and turning all night, he's saying, you know what? These Philistines are coming against us and we're just sitting here in this field, Saul under a pomegranate tree. Jonathan might have been under there too. He was privileged. He could have been if he wanted to be. He's probably in a place of comfort. And he's sitting there because something's not right. We need to do something. He knew that God wanted to bring victory to them that day. And he probably woke up and went, that's it, I'm not sitting by anymore. On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, the other Senna. One cliff stood to the north toward Michmash, the other on the south towards Geba. Not an easy pass. They were going to be visible for about two or three kilometres. They were going to be visible to this outpost. So they weren't sneaking up. Jonathan says to his young armour bearer, Come on, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. See, here's the thing that Jonathan knew. Here's the the, the thing that positioned Jonathan and the armour bearer for victory was this. Jonathan knew that the need was great. Israel were hopelessly outnumbered and demoralised. Jonathan knew that God wanted to use someone... But his father was sitting under the pomegranate tree. But something had to be done and Jonathan was willing to be used by God to do it. Jonathan Jonathan had confidence in God. How, you may ask? His army was on the run. They were being defeated quite significantly. But I, I know that... Jonathan would have been brought up on the stories of Moses and the stories of Joshua and all of those things. So I reckon he had these kind of things running through his mind. In Joshua 1.9, God says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that gives him confidence. He remembers what God did in the past. And he has confidence. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Jonathan has confidence because he remembers. Deuteronomy 31, 8, later on, this is one of my favorites. It says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be be with you, he will never leave you nor forsake you, so do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Jonathan's confidence by, by remembering these things, remembering these promises, remembering these ways that God has saved his people in the past, his confidence is building and building and building until he says something's got to be done. God is going before us. He wants someone, he needs someone to, to come along and, and, and do something. And the people who should be doing something, the people who should be taking up arms, the people who should be moving out of their comfort zone, the people who should be saying, yes, God, let's go, are sitting under a pomegranate tree. I want to say something, but it's not the right words. <laughs> They're sitting under a pomegranate tree, probably just gossiping about people or 
That's they're not the words that were in my head. Sorry. So Jonathan says to his young armor bearer, come on, let's go. Now, I love this next part. I love this next part, right? The young armor bearer, who's probably no older than you guys, right? His job was to carry all of, all of um, Jonathan's armor and weapons and provisions, right? Luckily for him, they didn't have any steel weapons, so it was just wood and stone and stuff, but still would have been heavy. He says to his young armor bearer, come on, let's go. And his young armor bearer says this, do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said, go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. He says, I'm with you, heart and soul, Jonathan, let's go. He didn't even know the plan yet. He just knew, Jonathan said, let's go and attack those, that group of 20 to 30 men. And he goes, okay, I'm with you. So Jonathan had confidence in God. Jonathan knew that God was going to deliver the, that outpost into his hands that day. Jonathan remembered all of those promises and he said, well, we've got to do something. And his armor bearer had confidence in Jonathan, that Jonathan was listening to God, that, that Jonathan knew and had confidence in God. And he said, okay, I'm with you, heart and soul. Not I'll, I'll walk with you halfway and then I'll let you climb up the cliff. No, he said, no, let's go. Let's do it. Jonathan had mustard seed sized faith and this crazy notion that with God all things are possible. Remember when I say mustard seed sized faith, Jesus says with faith the size of this mustard seed you can tell that mountain to go jump in the ocean. That's the kind of faith Jonathan's got here. He's saying I can, I'm going to go and that, that outpost is going to be delivered to us today. He just needed something else. He needed the support of that one person, the support of just one person who said, yes, God is faithful and I'm with you, heart and soul. God was going to use Jonathan this day. He was going to use him to do something that we still read about thousands and thousands of years later, but he wasn't going to use Jonathan alone. Almost always when God does something, when God wants to do a new thing, he calls others around a person. He calls others around them so that this can be fulfilled. You think of it through the Bible. Any man of God that tells a story, David had his mighty men. Yeah. Moses had Aaron and Joshua. Joshua had Caleb. You know, there's people coming around these men that God is going to use because they can't do it alone. Paul, he had Barnabas, he had Silas, he had Timothy, he had Mark. Jesus had his 12. God always brought people around the one that he wanted to use. And it's a significant thing. We're going to have a look at that later. Because those people are just as important in getting God's work done than the person God uses. You get it? So the thing with this is, if you can't be a Jonathan, if God's not calling you to have that kind of faith, if God's not calling you out as a leader in that way, if you can't be a Jonathan, then you need to find a Jonathan and you need to attach yourself to that Jonathan and be their armour bearer and say, I am with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, come on then. So here's the plan. 
Jonathan says, come on then, we'll, we'll cross over towards them. We'll let them see us. And if they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we'll stay where we are and we won't go up to them. But if they say, come to us, we'll climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, those Hebrews are crawling out of the holes where they're hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan and his armor bearer, so Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me, the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet, this is a steep ravine, with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. Jonathan could have stayed in the, in the valley. He could have stayed in the field under the pomegranate tree. He could have stayed there with his father Saul, surrounded by all the important people. He could have stayed there in comfort and been eating fresh fruit from the tree. But he knew there was no victory in that place. He knew that God wanted to do something, but if he stayed in that place, nothing would happen. He had to position himself for victory. His confidence in God positioned him for victory. Your confidence in God can position you for victory. Jonathan had all these promises, these stories that he'd heard of Moses, of of Abraham, of, of Joshua and Caleb and all of these people. And he used them to give himself confidence. We have those stories, those very same stories, and we have those very same promises. But do you know what we have that Jonathan didn't have? Not rhetorical. Do you know? Exactly. We have Jesus. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus is about to ascend to heaven. The last words he says to his disciples, he says, wait here. Because you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to live in us, to give us power to do anything that he asks us. You know, It says in other parts that he has equipped us with every spiritual blessing. Right? Come on, that's good. Really? That's good news. Because Jonathan, with just the promises of the Old Testament, and not even the whole Old Testament, Jonathan, with the promises of God, goes and takes this outpost, just him and his young armour bearer. We have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. We should have more confidence than he ever had to get out of our comfort zones, to get out of underneath the tree, to get away from the people who are telling us how good we are and how, how, what a good job we're doing, to get away from that and to say, God, what do you want to do? You want to do something new because God's not a God of old things. He's God of new things and he wants to do a new thing in your life. He says, I'm going to do a new thing and you know what? I've already begun it. Can't you see it? No, when you're sitting under the pomegranate tree, when you're sitting in the comfort zone, you cannot see the new thing that God is doing. You only see the old because you're too comfortable. That's good. 
Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? If your confidence is not being built right now, you better check your pulse. Okay? If God is for us, who can be against us? Do you get what that means? If God is for us, nothing in this world can be against us. When God is calling us into something new, when God is calling us out from under the tree, he doesn't say, go alone. Right? He puts people around us like the armor bearer, but he says, more than that, I'm with you forever and I am for you and if I'm for you who can be against you who can be against you the armor bearer could have reacted very differently than how he did so he didn't even know the plan yet but he trusted in Jonathan he had confidence in his leader Hebrews 13 17 says this it says have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account do this so that their work will be joy not a burden for that would be of no benefit to you <laughs> I get that chuckle Dave have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. It's not an easy job. And it's not one that is with small or light responsibility. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no benefit to you. You know, you've got a great leader here. And you've got great leadership in this church. I've heard lots of the stories that Dave has shared with us over the years. But I want to say this. You can have confidence in this man because this is a godly man. And he hasn't paid me anything to say this, all right? This is just true. This is a godly man you've got here leading your church. It's a man who seeks God's kingdom. It's a man who seeks God's face and he seeks God's guidance. And he does that. And God, it's God who placed him here. You might think you voted for him to come, but it's God who placed him here in this place. And God has got a calling on his life to lead this church in this season, to lead this church into something new. And he's already begun. Can't you see it? What you need to do, what God is asking you to do today, is to say, Dave, I'm your armor bearer. I'm with you, heart and soul. Let's go. The story we read would not have ended the same if only Jonathan had gone. Or if only the armor bearer had gone. Only together they made it back. Now having been here a few times now, I can confidently say that God is up to something in Penrith Church of Christ. I can confidently say that God is wanting to do a new thing in your life individually, but God is wanting to do a new thing corporately. God is wanting to do a new thing in this church that is going to have an impact way beyond anything that you could ask for or imagine. You talk about 300 people at carols last night. God wants to do a new thing. God wants to do a bigger thing. He doesn't do things the same way. Yeah, he's a God of new things. He doesn't do the same thing twice. But in order to step into newness, in order to step into these new things that God has for you, 
You need to have confidence in your leaders. Confidence that they're leading you in the right direction. Because their confidence in God, their confidence in God to take risk, their confidence in God to say, yes, God, we, we don't know exactly the plan yet, but you're our Jonathan God. We're looking for you. We're going to follow you because we, we remember what you've done in the past. We remember how you freed the, the Israelites from Egypt and all of those things, like it says in Isaiah 43. We remember those things, but now we want to, we want to press on forward This is what your leaders are doing and you need to have confidence in them and say, I'm with you, heart and soul. I can tell you from experience it's not easy leading a church, especially through times of new, especially through times of change. But we need to become armour bearers for our leaders, lifting them up in prayer, being encouragers and saying, we have confidence in you, God. And we have confidence in you, our leader. And I am with you, heart and soul. I was the senior leader of a church for many, many years. And now I'm in a church down in Wollongong where I'm volunteering a lot of, a lot of the time and helping them with their teams and things like that. And I've come to a place where God has said in my, church, in my work life and in my church life that while I'm waiting, I'm not waiting. And so I approached our senior minister, and this was hard for me as a senior minister myself. I approached our senior minister and said, Brett, you know what? I'm with you. I'm with you heart and soul, and I will be your armour bearer, and I will do whatever you want me to do. It doesn't matter what it is. You tell me what you need, what the greatest need here in this church is, and I'll do that. Shouldn't have said it. I'm now leading the children's ministry. No. no. Um, I want to ask the, the team to come back up, the music team to come back up. Because now I want you to imagine how your life would be different if you take hold of these things Imagine if we decided to position ourselves for victory by trusting God in all the areas of our lives and taking risks. You know, this is the part, I think I may have heard it from Dave, that in our lives we have markers, right? We have times that we can look back on in our lives and say, God came through for me there, so he's going to come through for me again now. Or God provided for me there, so I can have confidence that he's going to provide for me there. You know, when, when, the, when the Israelites wanted to cross the Jordan River, God said, okay, when you go across, I want you to pick up 12 stones, and when you get across, I want you to build a marker. I think I had a photo of that up there, but we've gone past it. And I want you to remember the things I've done. And he does the same thing. Yeah, there it is. He, does, he did the same thing in Isaiah 43. He said, remember when I brought you out of Egypt. Remember when I parted the, the, the Red Sea and I brought you across on dry land. And then remember when I saved you from the Egyptian army. He says, remember these things in the past because they're the ways I have helped you in the past. But you know what? In the future, we're going to do things. We're going to do new things. And you're going to have each time that God does a new thing, you're going to have a new marker to remember. 
And that can give you confidence. When you're lacking confidence, when you're thinking, I can't do this, God, I can't do what you've called me to do, you remember, well, God's brought me through there. He's going to bring me through again. How would your life be different if rather than dwelling on the problems at hand, you dwelled on the ways God had delivered you in the past? How would your life be different? Imagine if you decided to position yourself for victory by trusting God in all these areas. How would your life be different? Here's what I think. I believe that we'd see relationships healed. I believe that if we had confidence to put our pride to one side and to say, God, I need you in this and I know you're with me because you promise you'll never leave me nor forsake me and I know that you're a God of reconciliation, you're a God who wants to bring um, relationships back, I'm going to step into it. How would your life be different? I believe that we're going to see Revival break out. I believe that if you can position yourself, if your confidence in God can position you for victory here in Penrith, that you're going to see a revival break out like you've never seen before. Because God is going to say, these people are confident, these people are trusting me, so I'm going to trust them and I'm going to bring more and more and increase in influence. I believe that if you have confidence in God, Penrith Church of Christ can be a church that is influential, not only in the Nepean area, not only in, in Penrith and the surrounds, but in this state, in this city, in this city, in this state, I believe that if you have confidence to step forward, you can go and look at an outpost and go and take it because you know that God goes before you and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Is this stirring something in you? Because it all comes down to positioning yourself for victory through the confidence that you have. I believe that every People from every background, every nationality, every culture, every subculture, every socioeconomic and educational demograph will turn back to Jesus through the influence of his people who have confidence to get out from under the pomegranate tree, to get out of the field, to get out of the comfort zone and say, God, we trust you. We believe you. We know your promises. We look back on our lives and we see you've never let us down before. And so you're not going to let us down again. And we're going to step out. And when we step out, we're going to see revival come to this place. You guys don't sound very excited about that. I believe that you're going to see God move in you and through you so powerfully that Penrith Church of Christ will be a church that people seek out. Penrith Church of Christ will be a place where people say, if we want to encounter God, we know we can go there and encounter God. This is only going to happen when you step out of the pomegranate tree, when you step out from under the shade, when you know that God wants to do something, that God wants to do a a massive new thing, He's looking for someone to step out. I believe that you're going to see healing. I believe that people from all over the world could come here to experience God, to experience His healing, His mercy, His justice, His love and His grace. That has to start with each of us individually and as a community. I'm not sure what God has been prompting in you today and I don't know what your circumstances or any of the difficulties that you may be facing today. But I know this, that if our God is for us, who can be against us? And I know that the God who began a good work in you will be faithful to carry it out to completion. 
I don't believe that any single person is here today by accident or coincidence. I believe that you're here today because God wants you to hear this word and God wants you to respond and be transformed by this word. I just want to just pray for us right now. Just in closing. Father God, I pray that you would change us today. That you would increase the confidence we have in you so that our faith can be increased. I pray that when we feel inadequate, you remind us that you are more than enough. When we're anxious, remind us to cast our anxieties at your feet. Let us have the confidence that will position us for victory in our lives. I pray that you'd help us all to be armor bearers for our leaders. And Lord, we lift them up to you even right now. Father, we stand in the gap for the leaders of this church and we ask that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that you would guide them, that you would heal them, Lord, that you would provide for them and that you would bless them in every way that you have planned to bless them, that you would open the floodgates of heaven and pour out your spirit upon them. Give them new gifts and increase the gifts they already have so that they can lead this church in the way that you have for this church to go. And while we're waiting, we're not waiting because we know heaven lives in us. And as it is in heaven, it is in us today. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org www.cofcpenrith.org